0: You know, it's Halloween. I
1: guess everyone's entitled to one good
0: scare. We all go a little mad sometimes. No, please don't kill me Mr. Ghostface. I want to be <laughs> So I don't know if this is a prank, but somebody accidentally ordered 300 copies of Talladega Nights. I understand it's scary, but I just don't, I don't think they'll sell that well. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh, welcome to the Carpenter Queens podcast, the weekly pop culture horror queer show where we talk the best and worst the horror genre has to offer. We come to you live from the TCQ video store, your favorite VHS rental spot where you can pick up the horror classics for only 69 cents a day. I'm the ghostly apparition known as the bent wrist homo. My name is
1: Nick, (laughs) (laughs) the 14th ghost. Hi, I'm your local weatherman who's too slow to read a prompter, so I just read the weather app off my phone. I'm Rainstorm Raymond. (laughs)
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the store, you lovely little queerdos. We hope you have been having an excellent March thus far. It is our third week of our Scream Makes Month. TCQ video has gone to a hot house of wax and to an mm. even hotter Texas to witness a massacre. How are you enjoying the month so far? It's also been a minute. I feel like we haven't recorded in two
1: weeks, and all of a sudden I'm like, how do I do this? <laughs> Literally, it's only been a few days. <laughs> um... <laughs> I have been loving this month so far. I think when we planned it, we were already excited for it because this Mm -hmm. is, this is like uh, we grew up during this era, so this kind of holds like a special place to our hearts. And I know a lot of people don't like these remakes, and that's totally fair. But we definitely associate these movies like with our upbringing we watch these movies with nostalgia glasses on like these movies just hold a special place in our hearts Aww. we love these movies and oh man i am so excited to talk about today's movie i'm a little
0: nervous to talk about today's movie we'll get to it we'll get to it we'll get to it this month however i've had the best freaking time to be very honest it's hot hot house of acts so fun it was so hot it was and so, so hot. hot it was so hot i got so many messages saying like i can't stop saying that's so hot like, you're welcome, <laughs> you're, welcome. You're, welcome. <laughs> you're welcome we're bringing it back and then last week thank you so much for coming over umby it was a freaking blast who knew
1: all of a sudden it would turn into a drag brunch and i'm so for, <laughs> for it <laughs> hey you put three queers in a room it's gonna turn into either an orgy or a drag brunch <laughs> we got one or the other check out and <laughs> <Patreon> to see.
0: <laughs> before we continue we would love for you all to leave a comment and rate the podcast if you love what you hear hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you are streaming before we begin this week's flick let's play a quick little game of smash or pass we are going to be playing a game with the smash horror remakes. We are playing with the horror remakes we didn't add to our list. So it's going to be quick. We've got 12 rounds. You give it a quick smash or pass. You can give me reasons as to why. Give it one or two two words, but that's all we need to hear. Be as vicious as mm, you need to be.
1: Mm, mm, gladly. Alrighty, Who's
0: ready to play the new game that is sweeping the nation? We are playing smash or pass. Raymond, are
1: you ready to win nothing? Hi, my name is Raymond and I'm from Southern California and I'm ready to win nothing. (laughs) Ready, set, go. Amityville Horror. Smash for Ryan Reynolds alone, Uh, bitch. The cum gutters,
0: the cum gutters on him. He was wet wet the entire movie. Uh, Along with me.
1: Soaking, bitch.
0: (laughs) The Crazies.
1: Pass. I didn't like Ooh. it. I
0: know you didn't. The Hills Have Eyes.
1: Smash, bitch. That movie scarred Ooh, me Brutal. For life, and We, we might add that to the list. At Halloween. This is 2007, y'all. Halloween 2007. Um. I know. Which
0: iteration are we talking about? Um. Dun, 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 dun. Timer's going. Timer's um. going. You're losing no money. You're not gaining anything from this. But you're wasting time. Wasting time
1: smash wow knew it the fog smash How, wait oh no no, that's a 2005 these I've are never all s- remakes I forgot we should mention that uh I've never I seen I said all remakes it. oh you did smash I guess because I've never seen it so I want to give it a try oh the wicker man with Nicolas cage pass the never seen it Don't you they're on me. it's so it's, no not the bees <laughs> not the bees oh my god the bees the omen it's all for you damien um smash just for julia styles oh, i know when a stranger calls pass the hitcher um i didn't watch the hitcher so smash
0: because i've never seen it so i'll take it. i love that you're smashing them if you don't you're like i want to know i want to like Let's smash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> curiosity killed the
0: cat prom night prom um night. it's gonna be, be a fun night. night
1: smash why not it was kind of fun Brittany Snow, Sorority Row. I've never seen
0: Sorority Row. I know. Stop the clock. Stop it. Everyone, shut up. You've never. I guess what's going to be in season three, everybody. I'm going to put it right now. Season three. I'm coming clean. I've
1: never seen Sorority Row. Let's go
0: back. Back Back to to the beginning.
1: beginning. Yeah, I've never seen it. So uh, I guess Smash because apparently it's a smash you deserve better and a nightmare on elm
0: street your fave pass easy pass easy 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 pass
1: all right y'all raymond has gone through the ringer now it's time for next round ready set fun amityville horror smash smash it so hard yes the crazies smash no reasons okay the hills have (laughs) eyes smash even though it's a very
0: like it's a smash but i'm probably gonna talk to my counselor about it next week like oh it's, it's
1: so traumatizing it's so intense uh halloween smash the beginning
0: pass the ending oh, that's fair i should have said that <laughs> uh the fog pass 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 <laughs> No, can't even hold a candle To the ah! amazingness that is DJ Stevie Wayne Yeah, you gotta, you gotta
1: put in the noise there uh, The Wicker Man
0: Smash, but I'm gonna drink while I do it I'm definitely oh, yeah. gonna drink you, while I smash this You gotta be, list.
1: like, heavily inebriated
0: If anyone see it, seen it, I'm sorry You can't get that time back But
1: <laughs> And there you go, it's a fun time. it again
0: <laughs> Story of my life the Omen. This one is conflicting. Smash Julia Styles, but pass on everything else. I prefer the original far more than the than the two thousand six iteration.
1: Two thousand six
0: is what a stranger calls. This was the very second horror movie I've ever seen in theaters. If anyone wants to go back and see I, my first horror movie by myself, PG thirteen, The Covenant.
1: Then yeah. I want to go see
0: When a Stranger Calls. Smash for the nostalgia, pass because it's horrible. It's, it's so terrible. terrible. It's, it's really a horrible bad. movie. It's a really yeah. bad movie.
1: If y'all are seeing it like subjectively and don't have any nostalgia attachment to it, it's terrible. I don't like it's it. It's so I'm, bad. I would not I have no it. nostalgia <laughs> attachment to it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the Hitcher, third horror movie I ever saw in theaters
0: because really? this, they these all came out boom 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 right after yeah, each they other. Did. Smash! I had a good time from what I remember, but I'm pretty sure it's not a good movie. I haven't seen it I'm, since it came m- out in theaters. <laughs> yeah. Most of them aren't. <laughs> Moving on to prom night. Pass. I love Brittany Snow. Pass. But you can't... Jamie Lee Curtis does two dance moves. Two dance sequences in the original prom night. That's obviously going to win for me.
1: <laughs> and Brittany Snow had no dance sequences.
0: <sighs> the shade.
1: Okay, so I already know what your answer is, but Sorority Row, and I want reasons. Smash. The whole cast. They can sm- I will lay there and smash
0: every single one of those characters. They are fantastic The writing is hilarious it, To me it feels like Mean Girls with an edge Mean Girls okay. with a murder plot It's really fun It's also got
1: one of my favorite um, Carrie Fisher Hello <gasps> Carrie Fisher's mm-hmm. in it. she like the mm-hmm. den mother?
0: She is the den mother She's so it. good Okay
1: She's you so sold me good. on it Carrie Fisher I'm in. <laughs> And last pass. and certainly oh, least Pass I'm <laughs> not even going to finish it <laughs> It reminded me of that show on MTV next where they would like barely even set foot off the bus. Next from like seven yards away. And then my favorite would
0: be at the end if you like you're the last contestant. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna take the money for all of my sisters back on
1: the bus. I got 33 dollars <laughs> I just us. about to say it'd be like 45 bucks. <laughs> Woo! Who knew that's that round could be so much fun? That was actually really fun. <laughs> okay. Querdos, it is time to head into a glass house filled with grim, grinning ghosts. Listeners, we are heading into a William Castle remake, just brimming with beautifully macabre imagery. This week, we talk all about the remake from 2001, 13
0: Ghosts.
1: And now, our feature presentation.
0: Listeners, this ghostly apparition is available to stream on Netflix and HBO Max, so you have no excuse to go see this movie. Really,
1: though. I mean, we're huge nerds, so we have both streaming apps, plus special edition collector's copies... I'm, surpri- um, I'm honestly surprised you didn't bring it on right now to show. <laughs> I did! I did. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Look, it it. beautiful. Look at it. Look it's at beautiful. Look at it. It's a
0: jackal, right? On the front, right?
1: Jackal. Is it jackal? Jackal. Say jackal. jackal. Is it a jackal? It's a jackal. <laughs> it's so pretty. I just got it from Shout Factory, y'all. Shout Factory. I didn't realize... How many Shout Factory movies I had until I added these to collection? I noticed all the small little Shout Factory logos on the side. I'm like, oh, I have quite a few from them. I need Shout Factory, I please need- sponsor us. I will right. gladly take a sponsorship from Shout Factory. Give me, I love give everything me your you do. Fucking money, bitch. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, that's what we're
0: gonna get a sponsorship. That's to give me your fucking.
1: <laughs> but anyways, uh, Shout Factory, y'all, they have. Uh, great movies including a lot of these remakes that we're going through shout factory has a lot of them like i'm probably gonna bust out two more this month so let's put on our spectral glasses and toke up to see how we both came across this movie when we head on over to 420 what you smoking what did you smoke with this week's watch um so with this week's very Special screening. Uh, I finished off the last of one of the sativas that we have on hand, which is our melon mints. Um, That's what she smoked last week, right? With UMBY? You guys made it. No, you guys. We had Maui swimming. Wowie. and um, we had Mellow Melon, is what it was. Mellow Melon.
0: Yeah.
1: Ah, <laughs> <Duh>.
0: How, dare- <laughs> How dare you? HUD's so different. Two totally different
1: strains. Uh, this one's good. It's really like fruity and like I don't know, it keeps me upbeat and perky, especially Parker. with that like she's strong perky. ass coffee she's I had fun. this morning.
0: And now she's highest. F- she's perky.
1: What? what is she? Uh melon mints.
0: M- 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 melon mints. Okay. <laughs> What
1: did you have You dumb bitch Oh wait a minute
0: Bitches Uh this dumb bitch Had A new cartridge It is The become cartridge Oh I can't show you (laughs) This is the become cartridges And I really enjoy them One of my friends Picked them up for me From one of our local shops Down here In Mm. uh, Colorado And uh I, I'm already getting spacey. There's some CBD in there which is really great for my anxiety because I just recently, hello everybody I'm coming to you live from my new place. This is my new apartment. Mm. Oh my goodness, I'm recording in my closet but I'm trying to sound through so if I sound weird, there's gonna be a different for
1: <laughs> What's the, uh, the area code there? Is that 212 f- You. What's your address? Is it ah. 2123 Pussyway? Pussy I way. <laughs>
0: Uh this week I smoked the cartridges and they are really wonderful. I really enjoy them. Um like I said, they're making me super spacey and I spacey. Had... Casey. spacey Casey. I also had a few edibles. I'm trying to whip out my oh, damn. so I can thoroughly enjoy. I I need to know how did this movie come into your lap? Because I have a weird memory about this movie.
1: It's a great question. Right?
0: I just remember, like, the, as far as I'm aware from that first beginning movie, but memory, this movie just existed in my life. Like, it's just yeah. always
1: existed. Isn't that weird? Uh, 2001, I was in middle school. What What is this rated, PG-13 or R? Oh, this R. Is R. Um, I don't know. I want to say... I don't recall seeing this in theater, so I probably didn't get to watch it until, like, I got to rent it from, like, Blockbuster or Hollywood Video at the time, or even The Warehouse. Yeah, so I want to say I was, like, one of those, like, I didn't get to watch it until it was on on VHS and I watched it at home. And like you said, I just kind of remember this always being in my life. Like, I just, I don't know, it's there.
0: Do you want to know why it's always there? So the memory I'm thinking of is this movie was always on the sci-fi channel. This Mm. movie is consistently playing... Go ahead. You can pause this right now and go put on sci-fi. I guarantee you it's probably (laughs) on reruns right now.
1: (laughs) If you have cable. Uh, You're right. This movie was always on sci-fi. I used to watch a lot of sci-fi because it always had cool shows and cool movies playing. Scare Tactics. Hello. Like... (sighs) and uh what was that makeup show was that on sci-fi face off wasn't on sci-fi that was sci-fi face off yeah
0: that was sci-fi wasn't on, Ooh, that's a that's a deep cut anyway getting off track but this movie was consistently playing on sci-fi and i remember watching it i think when i was like 13 i definitely did not watch this when it came out i was nine when this movie came out so i mm-hmm. didn't get to witness. oh yeah you were a big old chicken much, so. much, yeah still big old chicken so much, much 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 <laughs> much later But I just remember the first time I watched it being freaked out because I was like, why is Shaggy running from ghosts in this movie? Why is he being (laughs) killed? (laughs) So this movie has a very special place in my heart just because it this is childhood. This is a childhood type Mm -hmm. of movie for me. I will state that does not mean it was good. (laughs) Okay. That does not mean that this movie is a good movie. However, there are shining beacons of glorious movie magic happening Hell yeah! in this movie. So let's talk about it when we head on over to this week's special features and find out how this movie was made. 13 ghosts, or weirdly spelled Thur, number 13, and then N, ghosts. That doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, uh, they were, I you know, <laughs> choices were made. <laughs> um, I think with their... You know, new take on 13 Ghosts because obviously this is a remake. I think mm-hmm. with their new take, they were like, oh, let's give it an edgy new name. And it's it's cute. I honestly thought it was just like a marketing gimmick until I had to do research for this. And when I searched for it on IMDb, it wasn't coming up. And I was like, why the f*** is it not coming up? And then I scrolled all the way to the bottom and it's because there's an actual 13 in 13. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, that's f- stupid. This movie... Yes. is
0: a snapshot time shot of like Y2K fashion All these it, movies of Y2K's shiny. ideologies because this just the name alone should give you an indication this is not the <laughs> Oscar winning material but it is a good time
1: Okay, it's a great time and it's stunning to look at Oh my god,
0: I can't wait. So, this movie was released October 26, 2001. Hello? It it has a super clean runtime of 1 hour and 31 minutes, and it is rated R. Moving
1: on to our taglines. Terror has multiplied. (gasps) Misery loves company. The only thing worse than being trapped in a house with a ghost is being trapped in a house with 13 ghosts. (laughs) What's more terrifying than a ghost? 13 of them. There (laughs) are ghosts around us all the time. Most of them don't want to hurt us, but there are exceptions. Ooh. uh, These are horrible. They're pretty bad. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) The only thing worse than being trapped in a house with a ghost... (laughs) Thirteen.
1: I kind of like that. uh, (laughs) I kind of like that "Misery Loves Company" one. See, I think of Stephen King's "Misery" when I hear that. Really, I think of Paramore's "Misery (laughs) (laughs) Business." Well. (laughs) Um. Yeah, these are pretty. They're pretty bad. All of them. No tagline would have been better. The biggest thing that I'll say
0: is whatever the tagline was attached to this poster. Can we talk about this gorgeous, yes. stunning poster? Whoever did the marketing on this one, mm-hmm. magnifique!
1: I love it. It's it's modern, um, but almost classique in a way. And it's just like a a great monta- k Sure, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great <laughs> montage of a of all. It's essentially film cells. That they've, mm-hmm. you know, kind of color corrected to make a Toto Monet of a face screaming. It's great.
0: Is it supposed to be Shannon Elizabeth? Oh, I don't know. Possibly. Because... I can't wait. I love Shannon Elizabeth. I love saying her name, Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, mm, so... Shannon Elizabeth.
1: <laughs> okay, well, uh, we'll talk about it when we get to it, about
0: Shannon Elizabeth. <laughs> okay. Our director is Steve Beck. He only has two directing film credits to his name, this film and another Dark Castle film. Ghost Ship. He worked as a visual effects art director before becoming a film director, and you can totally tell. <laughs> yeah. The movie. <laughs> because the movie is
1: stunning with not a whole lot of no, substance. There is no
0: substance. There is. This is all fat.
1: But Ghost Ship is another great
0: remake. Wait, is it a remake? It's. It's not a remake. It's uh, a Dark Castle original.
1: Um. It's. I don't. You should revisit it. I'll say that. I meant great as in it's stunning. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but also Steve Beck is a daddy. I was watching the BTS this morning, and goddamn, he is. He almost looks like the dad from uh, Inside Out because he's got the daddy stash and he's got these beautiful green eyes. Yeah, it's pretty hot. I don't know why
0: all of a sudden once you said that I was like immediately. I'm
1: in. Moving we on to our script. Screenplay credits go to Neil Marshall Stevens and Richard Diovideo, with the original story going to Rob White, who wrote the original screenplay, as well as our fave House on Haunted Hill, which I love
0: both. I love both. I love the original House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. It's it's still one of my favorites to put on
1: moving on to our cast we have monk i mean tony Shaloub oh as arthur critical <laughs> that's all i can think of when i see tony Shaloub is monk bitch that They've... show ran for like 15 seasons it was an emmy winning
0: cash grab it game. did was not it win emmys yes it did he won multiple emmys for it don't you dare because i remember monk being on all the time. So, uh, same thing. Every time I see him, even when I see him in K- Spy
1: Kids as Floops Fluglies, like, as oh, evil assistant, yeah. I still think of Monk. He will forever and always be Monk. Okay, we have Mbeth Davids as Kalina Ortezia. Come through, Miss Honey. I'm gagged. I didn't even realize that, that. I've. You know how many times I've seen this movie? I did not f***ing recognize her as Miss Honey because those in my mind are two completely, completely separate. separate entities. Those are two different universes. They don't even cross bitch at any point. Do those parallels cross? It took me.
0: I, I couldn't handle it after the 45 minute mark because <laughs> when she came up I was like who who is she? Uh-huh. I know so, who would play her? You know like who would play her in a movie? This is that <laughs> the minute I looked her up I it was like It's what I would imagine people feel like enlightenment is. Like all of
1: a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) We'll never know the feeling.
0: (laughs) I love her. She's so underutilized in this one. I wanted more of her in this one. Eh. I like her. Even though she Eh. makes the worst decisions for not even that good of dick.
1: I bet she didn't even get the dick. Uh, moving on to horror legend, Matthew Lillard as Dennis Rafkin. And he does his total Matthew Lillard thing where he spits and slobs everywhere. Do you know how
0: many times I had to write that in my notes? I wrote that so many times in my freaking notes. I'm like, oh, he goes in
1: again. Again. again." I think that's just what he thinks like really good acting is is spitting everywhere.
0: Hey, look at Viola Davis. Every time Viola Davis gets hardcore acting, snot. Just like Snot. snot.
1: I don't know. Maybe it's the, the like the acting school of like, bodily fluid. I mean, I mean, she makes me feel better about ugly crying because I am an ugly crier. I you am not ugly pretty I'm when I cry, ugly cry. Pretty when I cry. <laughs> <laughs> we have TCQ alumni, Shannon Elizabeth as Kathy Criticos. That's it. I know. I do not believe Shannon Elizabeth as a Kathy. That's a terrible choice of names i'm gonna keep calling
0: her shannon elizabeth this whole time because i didn't know her name was kathy until i wrote this down
1: not a
0: joke just a fact what else did we cover that shannon elizabeth was in cursed hello she was in curse she was in Cursed. she was the girl that gets attacked and she's uh my <gasps> friend she's the one that gets that's right
1: you better have good insurance <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great there. Great here. I love her. I (laughs) I do love. I love Shannon Elizabeth. Okay. Underutilized screen queen of the early aughts.
1: Really quick. This is what I wanted to mention about Shannon Elizabeth. And it's not shade. So when I watched the behind the scenes this morning really quick, uh, I also watched like trailers and TV spots that were on because I I don't remember them. So I wanted to see. Bitch, they sold this movie with Shannon Elizabeth, which you knew they were going to do because she's a sex appeal moreover they credit her as and mind you they said this out loud you know there's always an announcer you know new from dark castle entertainment yeah we have american pies shannon elizabeth starring in Thirteen team yes bitch they went there they said american pies shannon elizabeth and i was low-key offended
0: <laughs> she deserves more than that than being the girl from American Pie. Yeah. Wow. Shannon Elizabeth, if you happen to be hearing, just know that we love you. I adore you. Okay.
1: Oh, get away from me, you dirty old man! <laughs> hey, sister, what is up? <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we have Alec Roberts as Robert Bobby Criticos, Jr. Born as Benjamin Moss. Rod Digga as Maggie Bess. Uh, F. Murray Abraham as Cyrus Kritikos. Matthew Harrison as Damon. And then we have our epic ghost cast, who are like, you wouldn't know them out of makeup, so. But oh, we okay. have uh, Michael Spidell as the firstborn son. Daniel Wesley as the torso. Laura Mendel, No, it's not Mendel, Laura Minnell as the bound woman. We know her well.
0: Catherine... <laughs> Not the Mandela's daughter. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I hate you. Catherine <laughs> Anderson as the withered lover. Craig Olzhenek as the torn prince. Shauna Lawyer as the angry princess. Xantha Radley as the pilgrimess. C. Ernst Harth as the great child. Lori Soper as the dire mother. Shane Wyler as the jackal. And John DeSantis as the juggernaut. Herbert Duncanson as the hammer. I have to give credit to all of these actors. The this
0: imagery, iconic. Like this like a lot of these ghosts are imprinted in my brain.
1: Same for me, aside from the production design. It's only the
0: production. It's
1: a, it's production and the periods for
0: me. Produ- just art production, setting production, mm-hmm. like film production,
1: all of that is just top notch shit. So while the sets, the ghosts the makeup and the backstories bitch did you well we'll get into it maybe you did but there is so much backstory to every single one of these ghosts so absolutely and special mother f- kudos to the special effects team moving on to review review IMDb gave it a 5.6 out of 10. Metacredit gave it a 30 out of 100. <laughs> god, I'm just getting worse. Letterboxd, it got a 2.6 out of 5. Oh my god, I see the two. Oh my god, oh my god. Run Tomatoes, it got a 17% on the tomato meter and a 48% audience score. Audiences loved it. Yeah. I wouldn't say loved,
0: but I will say they enjoyed it more than uh, critics. But that's also what we say about almost every critic. That's what yeah. we say about every critic. <sighs> Do you want to talk about
1: No, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. We should pretend it didn't happen. It makes sense to me is all I'm going to say. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> Look. This is a Dark Castle remake loosely based off of 13 Ghosts from what, 1960? I think it was.
0: Spot on, Jackie. Look at you knowing your horror history.
1: Mm, thank you. Uh, so, you know, let's just put it out there now. This movie is hostile and no substance. And the substance that is there isn't delivered well. It can be cheesy and campy. and can. Just, Overall, bad. But what this, and I'm, look, we're covering this movie because we love this movie. We may sit here and shit on everything else, but the things that we love about it, we love and are
0: fing
1: fantastic.
0: But the reason why we picked this movie is that this, to me, this and House on Haunted Hill, which came out a year before, are the start of the, what we like to call on the show, the remake renaissance. this is kind of what started the ball, at least in my recollection, and my brain, to do all the other films that we've talked a lot about on this show. We do remakes a lot on this show. Why? Because we grew up with all of these movies. And this one, this very particular one, and House on Haunted Hill, because House on Haunted Hill is just uh, Uh. iconic. Uh, This is just, this is, (laughs) I can't wait for us to get into it because this is just, you hit it. Beautiful.
1: That's it. End <laughs> of <a> sentence. End <laughs> of <a> review. <laughs> hey, but look, there's nothing wrong with being beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plenty of people mm-hmm. get by on just being beautiful, and there's nothing wrong with that. Bitch, if I was beautiful, I'd be out there be just being beautiful for people. What do beautiful people do? I don't know. I can relate. Sure. So well, we're moving on to. Buy. So, okay. <laughs>
0: For our budget, we have an estimated $42 million with a box office. Pretty darn weak, especially when you take into consideration how much this movie cost of $68 million. It's not a bomb, but it's not good. You know? Like, uh, I want to know how much it made in video sales. I feel like this probably did really well in, like, Blockbuster and things yeah.
1: like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Because that's still how like i mean that's how i saw it i'm sure that's how you saw it that's still how a lot of us were ingesting media at the time we were still blockbuster hollywood video warehouse rental movie places were still hot at the time um this is when we're still like slowly making the transition from vhs to dvd um so i'm sure it made back a a lot of money post you know what's the call? one of my what's the word i'm looking for post Post release. release yeah
0: I feel like not only that, but also I really want to know what the syndication numbers are. I really want to know how much money you're making based off of how many times
1: it's being shown on TNT. Oh TDS, my god. Sci-fi. Things like that, you know? So I really on like you said, sci-fi. Moving on to production. Being based off of William Castle 3D film, 13 Ghosts is a remake of a classic castle movie gimmick. Originally, the 1960s film Big Gimmick was using 3D glasses to actually, quote, see the ghosts. In order to pay homage to the original source material, they made sure to have the characters actually don the new spectral glass. Excuse me. Spectral glasses. Yes. I yes, love yes, William yes. Castle gimmicks. Yes. We've mentioned it a few briefly a couple of times, but yes, we William have.
0: Castle was very keen on doing gimmicks in order to get people in the goddamn theaters. And uh, I, miss, I miss gimmicks and movie Same.
1: Same. I wish movie theaters would do some sort of gimmicky, shticky thing with the horror movies that they're releasing. And we talked about it in Scream 2 when they did the stab thing and they took over the theater. Like, hello? Can you imagine how f***ing sick that would be? The geeks, us included, would be like salivating at the mouth for something like that. Foaming, foaming, foaming
0: at the mouth. I... I like that they kept the spectral glasses in it because it does keep a central part of the movie. The only thing, though, with this movie, and it's my problem that I had with The Covenant, they just throw out terminology out there and expect you to just, like, grab it and grab concepts because there's so (laughs) many random concepts in this movie, but we'll talk about it. Yes,
1: I agree. I had to watch with the captions on and even Google something, I think, at one point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Our special effects team was led by Howard Berger. He was given essentially free reign to create the ghost however he wanted. Each ghost was given a full extensive backstory for each apparition, something that is explored in the film's behind the scenes featurettes. And we're not going to go into full detail here, but each ghost is essentially given time and care to ensure that the actors and effects artists had a real source material to base off of for these characters. And that is wild, quite useful. Wild. Mm-hmm.
1: I... But where is it? <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, I would love some of it. So, okay, look, look, look. Real, real, real quick Tea rundown right now. I grew up with this movie. I love this movie. I just recently bought this movie on the Blu-ray, so I'm barely seeing those features, special features for the first time. I just watched them this morning. And when I saw all the extensive backstory that he gave each character to give to the makeup artist to... Then like totally create this look at a thin air. Whoa. And like in the special features, they give a really cool visual to the backstory and you get to see some of the sketches and it's really great and you get to hear the story. And I'm like, Whoa, like this would have been useful information in the movie. It kinda of would have made me like enjoy the characters. Enjoy even. it more. Yeah. And mind you, I already enjoyed these characters. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't take away from the movie or the ghost at all. I'm just saying it would have pushed the story even further.
0: I totally agree. I don't understand. I don't understand why it's not there. But however it is useful for these characters because even just I think that's why these characters are so distinguished. Because there is just a depth you can see how they dive, the type of menacing like features to them all. It's really, really wicked. Really, mm-hmm. really wicked. And some of the application process would take Quite a while chair time would range from either an hour to the longest time of being about five hours and that would be going to our angry princess and that's mainly because she had scars and modifications all over Mm. her body (sighs) damn that's a lot it's a lot i I couldn't do it i couldn't do it i couldn't do it i couldn't sit there for five hours
1: and then like probably two hours to take it all off at the end of the night oh my god and then uh, some of the makeup artists they were there for, like, 17, 18 hours because they would get there, like, at 4.30 or 3 a.m. to start just makeup on it. one person. And then they wouldn't get to leave until the last person had taken off all the prosthetics and makeup. It's insane.
0: You know how it is. Whenever you're part of production, it's your first there, last to leave. Like, that's mm-hmm. just always how it
1: always works out. And it's part of the business. It is, but... I'm the biz is like 12-hour days. I ain't sign up for no f***ing 18-hour day. On top of
0: all the other prep work that you do, not including all the prep work you do before even getting to set. As a production designer, I'm sure that you were having to gather all your materials. Oh, yeah. Prepping, scheduling, trying to figure out everything. For a makeup artist, you're prepping all your makeup, making sure that everything is ready. There's so much work that goes into film and it is always just like grazed over and this
1: is why i love talking about it because it deserves to be praised absolutely because there was so much work that went to this movie
0: Mm-hmm.
1: speaking of production for the film's main centerpiece the house itself was given so much consideration the production team did not want a traditional looking haunted house the entire set of the house was an actual set built for the film having to shoot was incredibly difficult making sure that there was no reflection and that you couldn't see the cast if you were not required to be on film, you were required to wear all dark clothing in order to not be picked up on screen. Which is kind of... I thought it was a universal rule because I always wore dark... I mean, I wear black clothing 24-7, but I always wore dark clothing <laughs> to set.
0: I, I thought that that was always a rule too. But I, I can't... Like, y'all, when I say that this is an actual set that moved, that had full oh glass panels and layers, it is for, re- for real oh my god you just gave yourself the biggest handicap trying to yeah. shoot all of this glass
1: mm-hmm. that's exactly what i thought and i was like you just made it so much more. i mean don't get me wrong it's stunning but i was like you just made it so much more difficult for yourself to shoot this movie so
0: let's go figure out what the f**k latin means when we go to commercial <laughs> we'll be right back
1: <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages Our movie opens in a car graveyard littered with crime scene caution tape. We pan over to the front gates as a huge big rig drives through the gates with a caravan of cars behind it. The army of cars pulls in and groups of group members hop out and immediately start setting up megaphones, monitors, speakers, wires, other tech stuff. A Rolls Royce pulls in slowly with Cyrus Criticos and his helper, Dennis. Dennis is plagued with migraines and begs with Cyrus to ditch the plan. His pleas are met with a. No thanks. Cyrus orders Dennis to show him where he is. Dennis touches the ground with his bare hand and a dozen murders flash before his eyes. He points to where the energy is coming from. As the crew sets up the containment cube, they find intruders, Kalina and her partner Damon. They're trying to stop Cyrus from capturing another ghost. They're hauled off and Cyrus orders his crew to set the traps which causes Damon to pause because we've never needed traps before. Just then the huge big rig that rammed the gates open starts up and slowly makes its way through the junkyard spraying everything with blood. Cyrus then gives the orders to power up the cube and start the spell. A demonic chant in Latin is blared over the loudspeakers when an unseen force begins to kill the crew members one by one. The killer ghost chases a crew member into the containment cube, killing the member and ultimately trapping itself. As Dennis secures the cube, he discovers that in addition to the many crew members, Damon and Cyrus have also been killed by the spirit. Wowza. What an opening. This is an opening. This is a great opening.
0: (laughs) How do you feel about this opener meeting? I'm not going to be able to call him Dennis. I'm sorry, everybody. I am sorry. I am a horrible host. How do you also feel about Matthew Lillard, his character, and this... The best way I can describe it is like a metal, rock, early 2000s music video. This oh. movie feels like a music video. It's because of the cuts.
1: It's because of the cuts, Jackie. There's a lot of cuts, yeah. There's a lot of editing. Like like music video style editing. I enjoy this opening. I think it's a, I think it's a great opening. It shows you the kind of gore, the blood... It kind of, it gives you a little inkling of story, but not enough. And then it's just Matthew Lillard is just being Matthew Lillard. Shade. Like if there's, I'm sorry. The only other acting he does is like being shaggy. This is Matthew Lillard just being himself. All T, all shade. So we start with the negative. Hopefully we go into a compliment. We get a reveal of our first ghost, and he's dope, and he's scary, and he kills a lot of people. That's the other compliment. And that's the juggernaut, right? That, <laughs> that's that the juggernaut. the juggernaut. So, besides
0: the fact that I feel like this movie is cut like a music video, my first impression of Matthew Lillard's character isn't necessarily scream extreme of like, Come on, baby! It's a scream! Like, we're not there yet. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: We're not there yet, but it's bubbling underneath the surface. I like the the idea of him being a psychic. I don't know why. I just, I just do. I'm just like, yeah. I would totally believe Matthew Lillard <laughs> as this, like it like a crazy psychic. As a medium. The only thing that I kind of like don't like about this movie, not this movie. The only thing that I don't like about this opening is that you don't know what the f- is happening here. It's just like over ridiculousness, and like phrases, and things and people and stuff stuff happens
1: yeah you're right i get, I you know you know what it is i keep i i know this movie like the back of my hand. So when i watch mm-hmm. this movie it's just like it's like revisiting something so i i know all the context and the material but i i, I can see your point as if i were watching this for the first time they're just throwing phrases out there, and then there's these people, and then well, there's blood. What's this cube? Why does it light up? <laughs> like, why does the truck have blood? Where did the blood come from? Is and that pig blood or biggest, human blood?
0: I need to know. The biggest things that like come out to me in this part is when Kalina comes out with her guy, who's only there for Damon for like a couple seconds, and mm-hmm. I guess hello. Spoiler alert. There's two things that happen in the beginning of this movie that just don't make sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Damon. Kalina was with
1: Damon, right? Or was that just her her partner? No, Kalina was with Damon. But she was also f***ing Cyrus on the side? Um, no. Okay, spoiler alert. She was conspiring with Cyrus the entire time. And the plan was to f- Damon and steal the tapes.
0: Okay, that needed to be better explained. And then we also get,
1: like, his death. That's not death. Because all you see is just, like, he's beheaded? Uh, I think he got his throat slit or some shit yeah he got his throat slit it, but it's not sh- he's kind what? of like <laughs> laying on the debris dead next to damon you're you're putting way too much thought into it i understand that you don't you don't i'm not joy th- this movie or the opening all that much but i think you're putting too much thought into it
0: See, the sad part is I'm not. I'm not putting too much thought into this. I'm high. So the the only thing that I'm doing in this movie right now is trying to follow along because Damon also throws out the phrase and it made me uncomfortable because of course this comes from a white person. He's talking. They don't explain what they're gathering and Damon just goes out and says, this is... You know what this is. It's outright slavery. And I'm like, what the (laughs) f***? What is happening? And then Kalina goes on to throw... Not without the right spells or the 13th ghost. And you're just like huh? Like we (laughs) named, they said it, they said it already. I'm not even trying. I'm not even trying. I'm just trying to follow along. So do you see where, because I haven't seen this movie in, I want to say maybe 10 years. I haven't seen this movie in a long time since I had, because I haven't had cable, so I haven't been able to watch it on (laughs) sci-fi. So like, (laughs) stupid. So I haven't been able to watch it. So like I, this is like, it's all coming back to me now.
1: This goes back to me, love.
0: This is Celine Dion.
1: Uh, whatever it sounded like meatloaf. <laughs> 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 I'll
0: move on from this because I, I I can see why you think that I'm like putting too much thought into it. I'm not. They just didn't put any thought into this movie. I'm like, sure. The only thought that they did was the design. Because after this, I am all on board. I am fully on board. But your opening is too wonky for me to be on board. It's not stable enough for me to be on board yet.
1: That's fair, I get I like I said, I think I just know this movie too well that I just like take it for what it is mm-hmm. because I know how to connect the dots mm-hmm you're right, you're totally
0: right, you're totally right. Our movie cuts to opening credits in which we get the backstory on our main character, father, Arthur Criticos. His kids, Bobby and Kathy, with their nanny, Maggie. In our well-directed opening credits, it is depicted. In our opening credits- I don't know about well-directed. In our ah! opening credits, it is depicted that the family lost their mother, Jean, in a tragic fire accident. Afterwards, we catch up with our family to the present day, who now live in a tiny apartment, swimming in debt. We join our family, where else? Around a breakfast table, as they get ready for the day. Kathy is cooking breakfast for the family, while Bobby practices speech therapy on his recorder. Is that what he's doing? Yeah. I didn't, th- see Jackie, like that's not,
1: I just thought he was a creepy kid that liked oh to talk about my death. Oh my god, no, like he's got like a, it's not a bit explained. of, oh, it's not explained, but I guess if you just know of somebody who goes through speech therapy, it would, it you know, you would know. And I guess it kind of is important to the story that they know why this kid is doing that, because they use that recorder as a device later, so...
0: But you you catch what I'm putting down. I, yes, I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> Moving I, on to the story beats. <laughs>
1: God. She's angry like already.
0: I've gotten this comment before that someone's like, the whole time, the movie, you were just reading in and breaking it down and not happy. But at the end, you're like, oh, yeah, totally watch the movie.
1: See, you dumb bitch, you do it too, and you get mad at me for reading a movie and then be like, yeah, but totally watch it. You- I digress.
0: Maggie sits around <laughs> sipping coffee while Arthur <laughs> struggles to get ready. The morning chaos is interrupted by Benjamin Moss, a lawyer representing the estate of Cyrus Criticos, the uncle of Arthur. Ben plays them a video left by Cyrus explaining that he has left them everything his life's work has built up to his home yes. we meet our family we meet the criticos family you wrote in here that this is an excellently directed opening scene
1: hold up i said well directed i didn't say excellent i feel like that's giving it too much credit i said it's well directed <laughs> and i only say that because it what we get is essentially this like picture perfect norman walkwell Family playing in the backyard, and then it kind of slowly it just pans around the house, and you just hear audio of like a fire and da 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 and it gives you the backstory that the story lost the, the excuse me the family lost their mom in a tragic fire, and yada yada yada. I th- I thought it was a creative way to quickly give you a rundown on what happened with this family without having to like give you this whole spiel of like 15 minutes of your movie.
0: You're right on that. You're absolutely right on that. I think it definitely excellently, not excellently, I don't want to say excellently. I think it definitely built the story of behind all of this family really well. I just couldn't take it seriously because the first thing I hear, especially since I have the captions on, is Shannon and Elizabeth playing with her brother saying, Oh my gosh, you're the best little brother. And I'm just like, oh, this... (laughs) This scene opened up with, oh, father, father, aren't we living the most idyllic and beautiful lives as a family? I hope we
1: never lose mother. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be tragic if we lost our mother in a fire?
0: (laughs) I'm waiting for the mom to be like, you know how much mommy loves you. We're going to go to the opera and just know that I will always care for you. (laughs) I'm
1: going to wear my pearls to the opera tonight. I hope we don't get robbed in the alleyway. This is Bruce Wayne's backstory.
0: (laughs) That's the only thing that takes me out is it's the script. So yeah, the visual cues are excellent. The visual cues are very, very good. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, go on, go on. But we meet the rest of the family. How do you feel about Arthur and the kids,
1: especially Maggie, who doesn't work? Maggie, Maggie's there purely as comedic relief, which she is, but Mm -hmm. she is a terrible nanny. And I would have fired her. Day one, especially after she called my daughter a bitch, but she is a bitch. <laughs> she is a, well. She she's a bitch to Maggie. I feel like she's a teenager. Is it, is what I essentially think of it. She was not a teenager. That bitch was like twenty three by that point.
0: How do you feel about Arthur? I am kind of monk fruit. I don't. Oh my
1: god, yes, monk fruit. How do you feel about Monk? <laughs> I don't believe him as like this. No, I don't believe his character. I don't believe his interpretation of this like, father who's lost his wife and now has to care for his family. I do believe, like, there are certain parts where I believe it where he's struggling and that's why he has this nanny. Certain, like, plot points are believable. I don't think Tony Shalhoub really delivered as a father figure in this movie.
0: I think it's mainly because it's kind of like, Kristen Stewart's a really good actor, but, like, you give them source material like Twilight and there's not really much for them to act off of. Yeah, maybe not I think... I think that's kind of what it is because I want to like Arthur and you're right there are moments later on that really let me like Arthur more but I'm going to move on to the rest of the family Maggie I love Maggie she is definitely the comedic relief at one point I was really worried she was going to die and totally give us like the black savior complex oh, that we I usually get for really movies
1: did, like to the end I not even think about that Mm-hmm. so
0: like oh, spoiler alert <gasps> Ooh, for a movie that's been out for 22 years now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's The only person that I genuinely care for in this movie is Matthew Lillard. Because he's the only character that's given something to, like, give me off of. Because even Kathy is just, like... Unredeemable,
1: yeah. I I
0: don't care for Kathy as a
1: character. Kathy's
0: here. I like Bobby because I think he's super cute. He gives us today Today on Death in America. Cancer rates are down, but suicide is sky high. (laughs) We have a special treat for you today. A body was found today... Declopidated. <laughs>
1: Decapitated. I love it. And the style, Mama. Oh I know the style and his little recorder. And a scooter. Hold on. A throwback.
0: Throwback on a throwback on a throwback. That recorder that he used is what we first used to use when we ah! record when podcasts weren't even a thing yet. We were kids and we would record on that exact recorder, just a white one. And we would record, uh, K-B-B-L. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I can It was a fake radio show that we would do every time that we would have a sleepover. Yeah. Like, I was, it felt like a that's a raven of, like, <gasps> memories just came flooding
1: back. <laughs> yeah, we did used to record on one of those. That was a throwback of a throwback of a throwback. Also, his, like... Chunky like jewelry necklace. I had one of those. His scooter. I had one of those. It was very telling of the times. Bobby, don't call your sister
0: a slut. I prefer the term bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that part actually. That part made me cackle.
0: But we also get introduced to our lawyer, and all of a sudden, <gasps> ooh, Cyrus is our very rich uncle, and he left us a f-ing hilarious. Well, I love the set that he had built for this will it totally reminds me of like somebody hosting like a new spin-off of unsolved murders or something or like a <laughs> believe it or not
1: <laughs> yeah it's very giving that energy and it's so dramatic i am convinced that cyrus is a homosexual because the drama mama and that house is stunning and he decorated it all himself hand curated i know he hand curated not
0: only that like uh, we'll get to it but like a homo definitely built that house. Like, are you kidding me? I want to be able to see people. I want people to be able to see me. F-
1: <laughs> he was a. Uh, what were they called? Exhibitionist. Queer. Gay.
0: <laughs> we think everybody's gay.
1: <laughs> Everybody is gay.
0: But we meet Benjamin. He's a lawyer. That's literally a caricature we've seen so many times in all of these movies were yeah. reviewed. What else do you need to know? And it gets our plot moving. It's a will. There's always a will. There's always a rich uncle. Not in our family. Why can't. I was about to say, why can't you be my...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Later that night, the family and the nanny drive out to the boonies to check out their new digs. We get a quick montage of a ghost activist, Kalina, preparing for... Something. The family and the lawyer finally reach the home who already has someone waiting for them. Dennis, disguised as a water and power employee. He says he needs to get inside and check the breaker because the house has knocked out power for all of the neighboring residents. The group finally makes their way inside and is in awe at how beautifully ornate and delicate the house is. As the family admires the many artifacts that Cyrus has collected over the years, Dennis makes his way to the basement to find what he's been looking for and leave. Arthur and Ben head to the library to sign some paperwork and Arthur gives his family very specific instructions to sit still, which they of course immediately disobey. Down in the basement, Dennis has found a dungeon of containment cubes and his headaches are unbearable. He puts on his special specs and is able to see all of the ghosts being contained in the basement.
0: The house we have to discuss. The house.
1: The beautiful house. It's. I couldn't stunning. live here, but no. I want to go. I I would maybe spend the weekend there, like maybe a night. it Would be a fun getaway. Yeah. yeah.
0: How much do you think it is on Airbnb?
1: At least like nine hundred, if not thousand a night. I can see that. I can totally see that. Sorry, moving on. Um, but it's stunning. It's stunning, and I think it's kind of plausible because it's in the middle of nowhere. That you, I guess you wouldn't mind all the glass. Regardless, I think maybe it just comes from trauma or growing up in the hood. I, I need privacy. I don't want all that glass. No. Uh, but the design of the house, I don't know how to describe it.
0: It's like a giant glass puzzle box with Latin writing all over
1: it. And we find out what this writing is. You know out. what it reminds me of is, uh, I don't know what it's called, but the cube that Hellraiser has. It reminds me of that mixed with glass like that's what this house looks like. Like if you just blew that up, and intertwined all that beautiful gold uh, metalwork with glass, that's what this house looks like. It's also so beautifully decked out with all these really like amazing. I want to call them like treasures that Cyrus has collected from yeah. around the world because there's like a cool samurai suit. There's a sword. There's. Uh, I don't know pro- there's probably like trophy heads in there from animals I'm sure um, oh absolutely there's like a library and they're stacked with like I'm sure demonology books because there's demons in there but I don't know it's just really ornate and it's really beautiful it is it really is and then when we do
0: get there we can run into Dennis again and this time he's playing the water and power electric guy I think it's hilarious it is very Scooby-Doo of like let <laughs> let me put on a hat yeah, <laughs> and I'm disguised as someone else Uh-oh. Fine, whatever. I, I just need to keep it pumping, Queen, because I need to see what's going on. But we get to explore more of the house, and Dennis goes down into this amazing dungeon. I love this dungeon. This gives me Cabin in the Woods before Cabin in the Woods was Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. with like each cube giving you a different ghost and specter. Very that I didn't this, even think about that. I didn't make that connection. This though, this is when the editing just starts getting. It's going to keep doing this, especially as, like, the intensity starts building. Yeah. The amount of flashes and cuts in this movie are just far, 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 far too much. Far too much. Far too much. (laughs) I was reading... (laughs) But when I was doing research for this movie, apparently a lot of people were actually very concerned that this movie was going to cause seizures. Like they were very, like a genuine concern for the amount of cuts that was in this movie, and I can see why.
1: Yeah, totally. And now, looking back on it now, it is ridiculous, especially when it comes to like Dennis's scenes because he's uh, clairvoyant. I guess I, I agree. I agree. It's it's too much. They just need to like dial it back, a scotch We didn't need to be so intense. But it's two thousand one. Everything, everything had to be extreme. <laughs>
0: That's exactly what this feels like, but the dungeon we also get to run into some of the few characters, and I cannot wait to discuss the designs of these little guys. Before Arthur can sign the documents, Dennis bursts in the room, exclaiming that they all need to leave. He explains that he used to hunt ghosts with Cyrus, and they are all in the basement. Before Dennis can leave the house, his headaches become so bad that they disable him. Arthur runs to help, and when he lays his hands on Dennis, Dennis is able to see all the heartbreak and death Arthur has endured. When Dennis sits back up, he realizes that Ben, the lawyer, is gone. We join Ben in the basement. He has the glasses on, so we know he's aware of the house. He even acknowledges the ghost when he walks by. He makes his way to the central hub of the house, where the major moving parts are. He hits a secret button and picks up a suitcase full of cash. Unbeknownst to Benjamin, when he picked up the briefcase, it sets the house into motion, locking up all the doors and windows and ending with the house setting its first ghost free, the angry princess. Benjamin rounds the corner happily with cash in hand when he comes face to face with a big, breasted ghost he tries to apologize for his actions backing away slowly into a doorway that quickly cutting him completely in half uh,
1: yes we get our first kill we get De-
0: dennis matthew lillard whoever mm-hmm. come running into the room and i love it i love when he tries to explain anytime he hunts ghosts because nobody takes him seriously i mean who would but he's like ghost i used to hug ghosts with your uncle cyrus Goats? Ghost! Ghost! God
1: damn it, let <laughs> Well, first he tries to explain it as, like, um, uh, frequencies. And uh, he tries to use all this terminology. I'm like, homeboy, you, you should have just started with ghosts from the jump.
0: And then we also get some more Matthew Lillard spitting. I feel like that's number two, number three on uh, like, um, just this
1: episode. <sighs> yeah. I. And it's a lot. It's a lot. It's not as much as scream but but enough that it makes you uncomfortable
0: we then move into the next scene with the lawyer of course the suit has ulterior motives of course he's trying to get more money but he of course is the one that sets everything in to motion mm-hmm. why not but because of this move we get introduced to the angry princess how do you feel about the Angry Princess's character design?
1: I love the Angry Princess. She is one of my favorites in this movie. Always mm-hmm. has been since day one. Homegirl is not afraid to rock her titties out, her vag free the nipple, and uh, sheep its stunning. Honestly, the makeup work, the design work on this ghost is very good. Even it's though
0: hauntingly beautiful, thank
1: you. I was like, even though she's just naked, it's like hauntingly beautiful. Um, I, I love it. I love her whole aesthetic. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't say it enough. And every time she's out, the phrase,
0: I'm sorry, follows her. It even follows her into, like, the next scene, mm-hmm. which is one of those things of, like, I want to know why. What do you, Like, if Netflix wants to do, like, a prequel series about <gasps> each and every single one of these ghosts, I'd be so down. I'd be so down as to, like, how they died and stuff. Uh, I'm marking it now.
1: So, the lawyer's death. Oh. <laughs> That's, I was not yeah. expecting expecting that that was creative and essentially like a jump scare really because you're really not expecting it and this is the first time the doors ever go like really fast because this whole time they've just kind of been moving slowly like puzzle pieces or whatever and this time he's scared of the princess because he was talking about her tits when he walked by and that's what you get for running your mouth bitch she was going to come and get her revenge so uh, he got his comeuppance anyways and that that kill is epic, because then you get the the slow body slide down the glass. It's, it's, oh my
0: god. It's really, really, really good. He even says the line, I was just kidding before, it's a little lawyer humor. Which is gross, because I actually believe that as, like,
1: lawyer humor. Lawyers are disgusting, yeah.
0: Visually stunning, and it is my favorite death in the whole movie. Like, it is, like
1: the e
0: <laughs> his half of his body sliding down come on
1: Foley yes Beautiful. the ghost of the angry princess is distracted by the voices coming from upstairs and decides to make herself comfortable in Kathy's bathtub we get a great scene with the princess and Kathy where she is oblivious to the watchful eye of the ghost Before she can become the movie's first victim, Arthur bursts in looking for Bobby. We cut to Bobby, who has made his way into the basement after hearing some voices coming from down below. As Bobby explores the basement, two more unseen ghosts are released from their containment cubes. Back upstairs, the family continues to search for the missing Bobby. Dennis fills them in on the ghosts, containment cubes, and the function of their funny-looking glasses. Back in the basement, Bobby comes face to face with the bound woman and the torso. Frightened, Bobby runs away frantically, crashing into a glass window like he's in a funhouse. When he comes to, he sees the ghost of his dead mother. She tells him to go back upstairs and warns him to be careful when he's scared by the ghost of Cyrus. Um, There's a lot of like back and forth here. So sorry for that, y'all. But there really is a lot of back and forth in this movie. Mm hmm so we get another great scene with the angry princess she goes up into kathy's room and makes herself comfortable <sighs> and we get this is where you mentioned the i'm sorry again because kathy goes in she's in love with the house she finds the bedroom that she wants going through do shit she shouldn't be well i mean it's, I her mean, house. it's yours now yeah and yeah, so um, now. never mind she goes in the bathroom and starts making herself comfortable and she starts waiting in the bathtub and this is where we get one of my favorite this is really cool shot because she's like kind of getting ready in the bathroom and then like through you see a pair of glasses on the like i don't know something on the counter and the camera kind of zooms in through the glasses so that we can see how the room actually looks and it's just covered in blood and the princess is sitting in like literally a bathtub full of her own blood it is so cool i i wish they played more with the concept of
0: like them moving amongst the ghost world without them knowing that it's the ghost world because this set piece is gorgeous mm-hmm. this set piece is gorgeous but i want to ask the question would you poop here could you poop here oh. you need a okay. Okay. Oh. because there is glass everywhere could you blow ass into the toilet <laughs> someone can see you blowing ass into the toilet um
1: well the bathrooms had different kinds of glass but you, I feel like you would still be able to, like, make out shapes. I would, I can see, like, a blob of who it is. Are you pooping? Um, no. Not comfortably. I could probably do, like, a quick shit, like I have to do at work sometimes, <laughs> and just, like, and then run out. But, like, to comfortably shit, no.
0: No. No. I couldn't be on my phone on for, like, 20 minutes trying to take a poop. I mean, like you I shouldn't be. That's Here.
1: really unhealthy, Jackie.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't say I do that, but like I've heard, I've heard like other people do that. <laughs> Moving on from that blowing we do, ass, we continue on uh, the this scene sequence of Shannon Elizabeth. Hello, Shannon Elizabeth. I just want to say, Shannon Elizabeth, of her like exploring the house is is a great example of like my problems with the editing of this movie because. She goes into slow-mo and then it quick cuts and then she's walking and everything's fine and then it's handheld and then it's a flash (laughs) and then it's another cut and then it's slow-mo again and then she's handheld. Like, pick a lane, just pick a lane, please, because I'm getting whiplash from all the cuts. From here, though, we have little Bobby, little shit Bobby, going to explore and he gets lost amongst all of the things and more plot development happens. We find out, (gasps) why is the ghost of their dead mother here? Ooh. Mm -hmm. mm And then we also get the ghost, uh, quote unquote, ghost of Cyrus. We already spoiled it, so we're going to talk about it. I cannot believe that Cyrus got full done up in drag, <laughs> so that he, <laughs> so he could be a ghost. We're
1: not turning this into another drag episode, but
0: every episode is a drag episode.
1: I agree. He. I guess he I don't know he was filling the fantasy mama he was filling the fantasy <laughs> he was like we got all these other ghosts down here let me join in on the fun see what I mean like that this,
0: this it's this script isn't given any thought they're just like this would be cool this would be cool
1: yeah he's really cool he's really in on this whole ghost thing
0: we get to introduce to two more ghosts we get introduced to the torso we also get introduced to the bound woman how do you like these characters? The torso is fun. I think it's simple, but I like that they do like saran wrap around him. It Mm -hmm. makes, it gives him like another character beat.
1: Yeah. Uh, I honestly kind of like every single ghost. I really do, especially like, not especially, but um, the torso is one of my favorites. I think it's really cool to see him like literally, like he's embodied like pieces, uh, just move around the basement. That's really cool. The bound woman is, um, probably, in my opinion, one of the least scary of the ghosts. Um, but she's there. She's she's scared uh, Bobby. She's here for the party. Yeah.
0: She's here for the party. But, okay. So, we also get introduced to other mechanics, including the house is gears. How do you feel about the center of this house and this weird, what they end up calling a dark astrological calendar, essentially. Mm-hmm. In the center of the house, which is like the rings and all this other things. <clears throat> See, it's never explained. It's never... I mean, it's explained, but not to the point where you're like, I know what that is. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, It's really beautiful. Like we said, all of the production... All of the design. All of the design in this movie is stunning to be noted. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's a cool set piece. I don't know... I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they just built this cool set piece, and they're like, "Yeah, now we got to center that, like, the finale around this set piece." That's oh my god! I think you cracked the code. What it feels like is like, oh, we got this
0: IP, we got this really cool for idea for a glass. Now let's write let's write what we think could fit in this house is kind of what it feels like Yeah. because the mechanisms are very inventive. I think it's intricate. I think it's neat. There's clearly a history and like a mythology behind it. I just wish that we kind of explored it more because speaking of mythology, the walls are explained in this house. They're ectobar, ectobar glass is what the caption says. The ectobar glass, which is shatterproof and soundproof. And of course what's written on it, but Latin spells, which adds a barrier for the ghosts. It kind of feels like the Covenant when they were like Darkling. Do you remember our Darkling? Oh, God. Like, I forgot. That's kind of what it feels like. And the Ascension. And, the asc- and I'm ascending. ascending. I'm ascending. Like I'm ascending. Matthew, <laughs> <Lillard's> asc- <laughs> Matthew Lillard is ascending over here because he's essentially just panicked and yelling for the rest of the movie.
1: This is the crossover we didn't know we needed. I know. The Covenant meets their two ghosts. Yeah. Those are things that they
0: throw at you everybody like this is what I mean like no substance there's no substance it just looks rad it's just it's f***ing cool (laughs) the group split up and goes downstairs to the basement to look for Bobby Dennis and Maggie go one way while Arthur and Kathy go the other while they search Dennis shows Maggie one of the ghosts the hammer after a few jump scares the duo continue their search but not until Dennis gets a grisly premonition of his own death Back with Arthur and Kathy, they find Bobby's tape recorder and glasses. Kathy puts them on and is an immediately attacked by another loose spirit, the Jackal, described as a Charles Manson ghost. The Jackal attacks Kathy, even pinning her up against a wall. while It scratches at her ravenously, tearing up at her clothes, cutting her face, and even exposing her breasts. Oh, they just can't be contained. <laughs> <in
1: titties. laughs>
0: Arthur tries to pull her away, but is unsuccessful until Kalina miraculously appears from out of nowhere and casts the ghosts away with one of her flares. Back with Dennis and Maggie, they come across the firstborn son and the angry princess and maybe live to tell the tale. So Scooby Gang splits up. I was just about to say, (laughs) of course they split up. Scooby Gang splits up and we get introduced to the rest of the freaking monsters in this house of horrors. (sighs) The jackal, the jackal to me is the the most terrifying. Jackal, it's a jackal, is the most terrifying ghost for me out of all of the ghosts. It just seems the most feral, most Mm -hmm. terrifying. And the design of its head being trapped in a broken out cage is just singed, singed into my corneas.
1: Did you get to hear the backstory on this one specifically on the jackal? Mm -mm. So really quickly, you know, you can add this out if you like. They their stories that they were quote crazy and they were admitted to an asylum after they killed multiple people and while they were in the asylum um, they were constantly in a straitjacket and anytime that they lashed out they would pin them tighter and tighter to the straitjacket um, eventually. Um, They had uh, the jackal had bitten some of the orderlies, and so they put their head in a cage, which is why I like that. And then threw and then put them like at like in a pit essentially, and they had to like claw their way out and broke off all their fingernails, which is why they constantly claw at people. It's crazy. The backstories on these characters is insane, and I wish they would have dived more into it.
0: That is so fascinating. This ghost is terrifying John Paul told me specifically because they also love this movie grew up with it of course this is the number one that they were terrified of and I can see why it's the ferocity of it all that shit (laughs) is terrifying and he f**ks Kathy he tears Shannon Elizabeth up it's just hilarious that we get it felt like a mad TV skit because all of a sudden her shirt was perfectly ripped (laughs) to show her her
1: but without exposing nipple we can't see nipple (laughs)
0: And they drag her ass all the way across the hall while Arthur, for some reason, still doesn't believe it's a ghost <laughs> until he actually sees a ghost later. That's what kills me. He's like,
1: <laughs> Kathy, what kind of stunt are you pulling here? Where are the wires?
0: The only thing, though, that kept popping up in my brain, and it's only because we watched sure next not too long ago, was, man, he really f***ed her up, huh? <laughs>
1: Oh, so Dennis and Maggie are on the other side of the basement and Maggie hasn't seen the ghost. She doesn't realize that there's a ghost yet. So Dennis gives her glasses so that way she can see the hammer. And he's essentially this big guy. His backstory is that he used to be a welder, yada, 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 which is why he has all these big, huge, like, Uh, like railroad spikes, essentially, in him. It's insane. And so she's looking at, and we got a quick, cheesy, like, jump scare here. And as they're leaving, um, Dennis turns to, like, flip off the hammer for whatever reason. Like, why would you flip off I a ghost? Oh, God,
0: he flips off. And f*** you, Casper. Yeah, so he does.
1: He gets a <laughs> premonition of his grisly demise at the hands of not only the hammer, but the Juggernaut. Who is another horrifying
0: ghost. We met him at the beginning of the movie, but mm. we really didn't get too much time with him. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. Oh, you'll see some more. But when we finally run into Kalina who comes back from the beginning of the movie and she just literally comes out of nowhere and is like, come here, follow me, please. I have a book and a flare that scares off ghosts. Why are the ghosts scared of the flare?
1: Uh, they briefly mentioned it in the beginning at the junkyard. Cyrus called them like a, a silver flare or some shit like that. I don't know. It's some shit they made up for the sure. movie. And sure, if it works. Sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, it's like garlic. If I she believe everything
1: that. else in this movie, I'll believe that.
0: Is that true? It's very true.
1: We meet Kalina, and
0: she does more stuff. Yeah, that's li- that's literally it. Like, there's nothing to talk about, except that she comes in. And that's it. And Kalina's here, and she explains some stuff. Pretty much. She doesn't become important until, like, ten minutes.
1: Until we get back to the library.
0: It's, I said, yeah.
1: And then we get a quick cut with Dennis and Maggie, where they come across... Uh, Two more ghosts, well, two ghosts. Uh, The firstborn son, who we just got introduced to, and then the angry princess again. The firstborn son's a little kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, with the arrow in his head. And he's also kind of racially uh, insensitive. That's what she's about to say, Uh, Yes. Arthur and Kalina are successful in saving Kathy from the death grip of the jackal when one of the sighting glass doors shifts and closes. Arthur demands to know who she is and how she got in. She explains that she frees enslaved souls, like the ones in the basement. As for her entrance, she claims to have slid in through an opening while the house was shifting and it's gone now. She pulls the Arcanium out of her bag, a book she says many people have died searching for. It was written in the 15th century by an astronomer. In it are the instructions to build a sort of time machine that allows one to see into the Future, he wrote it while he was under demonic possession. She explains that they're in a machine designed by the devil and powered by the dead. <laughs> During the explanation, they somehow managed to lose Kathy and not see or hear her being taken away. Sure, right? Makes yeah, makes no sense. <sighs> okay,
0: so we get more explanation as to how and what this giant house is. I do really enjoy. The idea and concept of the house itself being a giant machine—it mm-hmm. gives explanation to the windows, to the way it moves, why it's designed that way—and I think it's really neat. I think the Arcanum design is really cool, but the, it's just—it's given to
1: you for a split second,
0: and then, and then, yeah, we don't and get enough to yeah. Tomb Raider. <laughs>
1: We don't get too much explanation on the Arcanum. Um, other than that, it was written by a demon possessed astronomer in the 15th century. Um, we do get a little more like in depth. No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't get nothing else from the book. Oh wow.
0: On the other side of the basement, Dennis and Maggie are split up when she hesitates when the walls begin to shift again. He tosses her his glasses before the door shuts, and she has to coach him on where to move to avoid being killed by another ghost, the Torn Prince. After an epic showdown between the two, one of the walls shifts, and Dennis is able to get away and rejoin Maggie. Arthur and Kalina devise a plan to get to the library that is completely protected by spells. The two groups end up bumping into each other when running away from ghosts and make their way toward the library. Right as the library is in sight, Arthur is attacked by the Jackal, whom they run off with a flare, and they've chased into the library by another freed ghost, the Pilgrimus. As the group composes themselves, Kalina outs Dennis as the one who trapped the spirit of Arthur's dead wife in the house, which results in a punching. Kalina explains to Arthur that it's not a home, it's a machine, and according to the book there should be 12 earthbound spirits inside. They represent the Black Zodiac, and they represent the ghost that Cyrus needs to catch. The firstborn son, the torso, the bound woman, the withered lover, the torn prince, the angry princess, the pilgrimess, the great child, and the dire mother, the hammer, the jackal, and the juggernaut. Kalina explains the only way to save the kids is for Arthur to become the 13th ghost. <gasps> they said it. They said it. They said it. They said it. They said, it, they said, it, they said it. He must leap into the machine, sacrificing his life for his love. Aww. Oohey, okay oohey, oohey. We get a giant exposition dump we also get a really cool action sequence so let's talk about it we get to meet the torn prince when he begins to attack dennis and i really like the design we say it for every single one of these (laughs) ghosts but the design of the torn prince is really rad was he did you read up on this one Mm -hmm. did you like what's what's his backstory because to me in my head let me see if i'm right like 1950s jock boy did he die in a car accident or something
1: yes (gasps)
0: see you get that just from the visual cues
1: so he almost got the the time period correct as well so he actually it was like it's supposed to be like a throwback to the 1940s he was like a big baseball star he had got recruited to like play in the big leagues and then um one night while he was like drag racing it was total james dean by the way one night while drag racing (gasps) he gets launched off a cliff and like (gasps) scorched face and that's how he dies
0: See, you get that just from the goddamn visual cues of what they're giving you. These stories are rad. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I really like this sequence. I think it's really fun when you can essentially handicap one of your characters and force another character to have to fill in for them. I think it's always a fun, like, cliche type of thing. And it's really cool. Because Maggie bounces off really well off of Dennis. I yeah. like these two characters together because at one point when they are separated, Maggie gives the line of, uh, Can I rely on you not to get me killed? I guarantee nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's our two comedic reliefs together. Right? And then Maggie also gives the line of,
0: Man, if we get out of here live, I've got to get a pay raise. If, if you get out of
1: <laughs> Shit, she ain't gonna raise. She, ain't gonna do, not, she doesn't even cook. So they devise a plan. They're going to go to the library because it's completely protected by spells. And they make their way to the library. They meet up with the other group. They get chased away by the pilgrimess, who is another. Is she dope? Yeah, she's the one. I forget what they're called. It's essentially that like wooden plank thing that they used to put witches in. She also has a pretty cool backstory. Yeah, she also has a pretty cool backstory. Um, So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) But we
0: get more exposition dumps. We find out officially the Arthur's dead wife is in the house and we get a good punch, but it's not that good of a punch. Cause honey, you got to learn to stabilize yourself. If you're going to throw a punch, stand <laughs> your ground. Don't fall with the person that you punch. <laughs> Do it with your chest, bitch. Seriously. But it's, I wish I knew more. Like I'm so much more fascinated by your mythology
1: and your visual productions and like your characters. Like T we're more interested in man. the ghosts and everything than, than the characters that we're supposed to feel for. I don't know. I know. Uh, but yeah, this whole Black Zodiac and these 12 ghosts, like these uh, archetypes, if you will, that the, that Cyrus needed to capture in order to power this machine. That's dope. That's really detailed. I like
0: that. And it's called the Ocularius Infernum, I think. Sure. Infernium or something. Sure. <laughs> right? It sounds like we can totally do But it translates to the Eye of Hell.
1: Oh, right. The power if.
0: If knowledge is power, then the Oculus is the most powerful
1: thing on Earth. Which would make Cyrus the most powerful man.
0: (gasps) But what just takes me out? The only thing, the fail-safe switch, is that love is the most powerful energy. Because it's the power of love. (laughs) I, ma'am, I rolled my eyes. Really, really, really. Anytime there's a power of love. Anytime there is the power of love, unless it's in a kid movie, I don't want it in my movie. Take it out. It's I, it is it is a scapegoat that I cannot stand.
1: Everybody say love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you can't love the jackal, who
1: can? Love? <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. It's it's cheesy and it's corny and it's a cop out, but it's 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 a total like archetype. After some pep talks, Dennis and Arthur decide to head out and look for the kids, armed with a plate glass with a containment spell on it. Maggie and Kalina head to the basement to, quote, buy the guys some time. The girls make their way to the hub of the machine when the ghost of Cyrus makes himself known. Maggie calls out for Kalina for help, who knocks her upside the head instead. It is revealed that Cyrus isn't really dead, and that Kalina has been working with him since the beginning, killing Damon and stealing his spells. Back with Arthur and Dennis, the last ghost has been released, the Juggernaut. Dennis pushes Arthur into a corner and covers him with the glass window with the spells and sacrifices himself. He is beaten to death by both the hammer and the juggernaut. Back at the machine, Cyrus kills off Kalina after she traps the children for Arthur to save. Cyrus turns on Latin chanting, calling for the ghosts to join forces at the machine. After a quick visit from his dead wife, Arthur finally heads to the hub where his kids sit in danger, surrounded by the twelve ghosts. So Dennis and Arthur decide to head out and look for the kids. And they literally take, like, one of the whole plate glass windows to protect themselves with. And they just, like, hobble down the hallways with this glass window. Sure. That's it's a pretty horrible. smart plan. But how did you take the glass off? Uh, I don't know. Look, See? I'm not looking for Thank rhyme you. or reason this... here.
0: Look, like, this movie is reaching. A lot. <laughs> you need to stress before, before you pull something, bitch. Uh... I just, I will say, this is the one... Quote unquote emotional beat that I'm supposed to be reacting to that I actually kind of was reacting to because Dennis is the only character I care for. Mm-hmm. Dennis knew his time was coming and it's it sucks what happens to him because yes, they f-ed Dennis up, they, they really Fuck, really? huh? <laughs> see, thank you. Because at one point he gets beat up by both the juggernaut the hammer the hammer goes in and definitely does what he does and do you think they call him the hammer just because of his hammer or because he's got a like
1: oh between me down there for sure i uh, uh, see thank you
0: but he gets taken up by that and then the juggernaut it's kind of like you take a wooden board and push it up against a corner and your back is just
1: ooh, mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly what it's happened. brutal he, he dies in spine. a very brutal way okay. well i i mean i would want to kill him too he's someone who would like help trap all those ghosts i would want revenge <laughs> they don't give a. F-. Speaking of not giving a and f-. wanting to, f-.
0: Kalina <laughs> ends up revealing as a du- <gasps> double agent. <gasps> She's been with Cyrus the whole time. <gasps> she killed Damon. <gasps>
1: I mean, was it worth? Was it worth it? Like, was the dick really that worth it, girl? And then you end up get. He killed you anyways. You were just a pawn in his game. He gave. N- well she tried at least you know. at
0: first I thought he was dead though I will say I'm like, oh, yeah. oh is this like uh she's trying to be with her dead lover type of thing like oh that's kind of something but instantly like she drops her cool girl demeanor and is like
1: oh Cyrus I don't I'm like that right. I don't like that she character immediately became like uh, 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 aren't why are you why are you mad at me why did I do something wrong like what the f-? are you okay he
0: better have paid off like your student debts if you're like (laughs) this right now because i'm sure paranormal school was very expensive
1: (laughs) no she was a liberal arts major for sure i i I like that i like that plot
0: twist i wasn't ready for her to go after maggie i honestly forgot about it so when it happened I was like gagatandra but like go off
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the gag of Cyrus being alive really was was good. That was good because in the beginning, like you said, we only get the quick cut of Cyrus's throat slit or whatever and Damon dead as well. So you kind of just chop it up to him like, oh, they're actually dead, especially after we see the, quote, ghost of Cyrus earlier in the movie. Mm -hmm. So when we see him again this time and the flare is not doing anything and poor Maggie's calling out for help and (laughs) what's her face just like knocks her over the head with the book and you realize that Cyrus is still alive. It's it's pretty gaggy, I'm not going to lie. It is very gaggy. This is the first gag,
0: the second gag. So this gag was, because it's not fully revealed that Cyrus isn't dead yet. That also got, like, that also truthfully got me. Because we also get the set piece of the kids being in the center of, like, this gimbal thing. Mm -hmm. Whatever, this talon. It looks
1: like an atom. It looks like a swirling atom. Made out of metal rings that could slice off an appendage.
0: Yeah. Seven
1: rings. Yeah. I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Finishing out this movie. Cyrus reveals himself to Arthur, and after about a minute of thinking and counting, Arthur deduces that Cyrus is not a ghost, and is actually alive. He runs to attack him, but is taken down by Cyrus's cane. Cyrus reveals his plans to Arthur and his pathetic family. But before he can finish his monologue, Maggie hits the remix on the soundboard and messes with the spells that have been playing this entire time. The lack of spells causes the ghost to break free and capture Cyrus and throw him into the rings of death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ghost of Dennis reveals himself to Arthur, and saying that he can finish this. Arthur dusts himself off and jumps into the rings flawlessly, saving his children. The machine breaks, blowing out all of the windows on the house, setting the ghosts free. The rings of death eventually slow to a crawl as the family lift their heads to see the ghost of their mother before she is set free. And our film ends. Finale, finale, finale. This,
1: this movie wraps up really f***ing fast. It's all...
0: It's only ninety minutes, and I believe even with the end credits, it's maybe eighty, eighty-eight minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, but we wrap it up, and what did we wrap up, sis?
1: We wrapped up a lot. There was a lot to wrap up here. Cyrus has to uh, f-ing save his kids. Not Cyrus. Arthur has to save his kids. He's got to kill Cyrus, and Maggie comes to the. Rest. Ma- Maggie finally proves useful for once. <laughs> finally, this is how. This is
0: where her. Uh... Her work skills come in. I don't know. Cause all of a sudden she does play some DJ Maggie Wayne up in rick. The- <laughs> <laughs> and changes it up. And I'm I love it. I love it. I think it's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense, but then they end up going in on Cyrus. And this is when we do get our final, final reveal that Cyrus isn't dead. I didn't know. I didn't know this story beat until you actually wrote it in. I didn't know that Arthur was counting how many ghosts for the 13th ghost. I thought he was just counting because he's a math teacher. And I didn't know that Cyrus, like, it wasn't revealed to me until he took off his glasses and he was still there. I was like, oh, he's not a ghost. I didn't get that by the counting. Oh I, my got, God. I only got that by the actual... Vis- whatever. Cyrus isn't, act- Cyrus isn't actually dead. He faked his death. He wanted the drama, so
1: he got up and dragged. Why? Because he needs... Arthur to be the 13th ghost so he faked his own death to get Arthur to go to the house so he could sacrifice himself to become the 13th ghost to get this machine going
0: yeah okay and then Arthur jumps into the rings because he's a mathematician and he knows how to count so he was able to like figure out when he's gonna jump in the thing and then everything just breaks and then it's the end of the movie Like, that's literally how it ends. Mm-hmm. Literally how it ends. Maggie pushes some levers, and then it goes haywire, and it explodes, and we see our dead mom, and she says, I love you, and that's it. And then we
1: see all the ghosts escape into the night, which is pretty cool.
0: It is pretty cool. It gives me, like, for some reason, Tim Burton vibes of, like, oh, look, the ghosts are
1: going off. But also, does that mean you just set free all these spirits that are going to go out and start killing people again? Yeah. That's exactly what that means. That's exactly what that means. (laughs) Huh.
0: And that's it. That's the end of your movie. (laughs) So
1: we're not getting a sequel is what you're saying. We're not getting a 14th ghost. Guess what? We're the 14th ghost. We died while watching this
0: movie. (laughs) (laughs) We're at the end of our movie. This beautiful, ridiculous movie. But I just need to know your final thoughts,
1: your final feelings, and your final scores. Buy it. I'm buying it. I'm buying it because I do own it. (laughs) I love this movie. I know we have poked and prodded all of its... <sighs> why? Like, why do you like this movie? I love this movie for its aesthetic, its ghost design, its production design. It's got really cool cinematography points. Granted, not all the editing is great. There's a lot of... there's Like, I agree with you. There's too many cuts and jump cuts and flashes and whatnot but there's some really cool nuggets in there that really stick out to me and maybe this is me just being nostalgic and having an attachment to this movie but i 100 percent buy it
0: i mean i you give very valid reasons as to why to buy it however i'm gonna say rent it i do really enjoy it i don't know if it's everyone would be on board to buy it i want to say that while doing the research on this movie that it was really really interesting a lot of the reviews were bad. But then I went to the YouTube, like, trailer and behind the scenes on it. Do you know how many people were commenting, like, oh my god, this was just the scariest thing. Thousands. I love this movie. I showed this movie to my kids. And it's just something that we watched together. And in that a nostalgia piece comes into it. Visually, everything. Oh my god. The visual cues in this movie are stunning. Editing needs to be worked on. Whoever was editing did, like, seven lines before they started <gasps> editing. They just, like... Jackie, it's a lot. It's a lot. The editing cues are a lot. But I say if you're in for a good mood, get really high. Have some
1: fun. Watch this movie because these character designs are it, hunty. It's a fun popcorn movie. So get yourself some popcorn and enjoy this. Enjoy the ghost designs, really, because that's what makes this movie. Continuing our trek into our Scream Makes Month will be one of Nick's absolute favorite horror franchises. No, I didn't say that right. Franches. Franches. I franches. said Franches. Continuing our trek. It sounds it's...
0: like a Cheeto spinoff. Mmm, <laughs> Franches.
1: <laughs> Continuing our trek into our Scream Makes Month will be one of Nick's absolute favorite horror franchises. Are you feeling groovy? Next week's Rungerbented Rental is a remake that isn't afraid to go as extreme as possible. We are talking 2013's Evil Dead. Yeah. Groovy.
0: I am so so <laughs> excited to talk this movie. It is one of the better of the remakes within like the 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 wheel that was turning. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a good time, people. It's gonna be a bloody, disgusting, evil tree good time. Oh my
1: god, and bloody for <laughs> sure. If you're not too into gore, I wouldn't. A trigger warning now.
0: If you like what you hear, please follow the Queens on our Instagram at the Carpenter Queens. Our Twitter is at Carpenter Queens. My personal account is Nicholas Alexander Photography.
1: My personal account is at STFU Ray. That concludes this week's episode, y'all. Thank you for listening. Can't wait to talk to you next week when we discuss the amazing polarizing remake that is Evil Dead. Until then, stay safe, stay queer, and we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye, 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 bye.